This is Mental Health and You with WCPA. We're your hosts, Taylor Kennedy, Caitlin Schaefer, and Jacqueline Simplecamp. Our podcast covers mental health topics for you. From us, licensed mental health professionals. Let's get to this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mental Health and You. Today we've got another Ask the Therapist episode. On our latest Ask the Therapist poll on Instagram, a listener asked a great question. What are emotional boundaries and how can we practice these in a healthy way? We're so glad someone asked this because emotional boundaries can be kind of a hard thing to figure out sometimes, but it's such an important topic to explore. So we're really excited to dive right in. So first we want to define what exactly does it mean to have emotional boundaries? Emotional boundaries are separating our own feelings from others. Violating emotional boundaries may look like taking responsibility for another's feelings letting another's feelings dictate your own, sacrificing your own needs to please another's, blaming others for your problems, and accepting responsibility for someone else's problem. I feel like emotional boundaries, unlike some other forms of boundaries that we've discussed, are kind of hard to set or maybe the hardest to set. I guess that's maybe my opinion, especially because they're not seen always. And because of that, It makes them very hard for us as an individual to sometimes understand and enforce, but it also makes it hard for others to understand and respect. Well, it's true. Like you said, you can't see it. And so sometimes it's difficult to be aware of our own boundaries and someone else's emotional boundaries because they're not just like in flashing lights for us. We kind of have to figure it out a little bit. Exactly. Something that I think is really common is like in relation to emotional boundaries is feeling like you are responsible for someone else's happiness. Mm -hmm. And that just doesn't make sense. I don't think it's possible to be responsible for that. I mean, we can be kind to other people. We can do the right thing and all of that, but we can't be emotionally responsible for how someone else is feeling. That's a really good point and sometimes a really hard lesson to learn. When we take on the emotions of others or feel responsible for another person's emotions, they can become really unhealthy And it can also take a huge toll or play a large role on one's mental health during that time. Yeah, I think emotional boundaries in general play a really big role in our mental health. And I'm glad you said that, Taylor. I mean, when we lack emotional boundaries, we end up not being able to handle our own emotions or stressors very well because it just takes so much mental space by, you know, the things that it's being occupied with others that we're holding. So listen, maybe let's think about it like this. Okay, so let's say we have like a balloon. And we're going to say that this balloon symbolizes our emotional headspace. So when stressful things happen, our balloon starts to blow up and it gets bigger. And then we do something helpful, you know, to reduce that stress and the balloon deflates a bit. But if we add in these additional stressors or other people's struggles to our balloon on top of our own, it begins to just get really big, really fast. And as that happens, it begins to take a lot more energy and effort to get our balloon to deflate. So eventually, we aren't even able to deflate our emotional balloon fast enough, and the balloon pops. And this pop could maybe like be compared to what some people might call a mental breakdown. So I think this just kind of goes to show that our emotional space is really valuable, and we deserve to set boundaries in place to avoid that big emotional pop. I love that because the space isn't like limitless. Yeah. Like you, I don't know, like that space is valuable and it's limited. 
Yeah. And we should kind of prioritize that space. And I love how Jacqueline said earlier, right? It doesn't mean we can't be kind or empathetic. It just means that there's a really good balance of how that can look when setting these boundaries. No, exactly. And I like that balloon example too, because it gives a good visual as to what's going on internally for us. It's just, we can't see it. Love a good visual. Yes, me too. (laughs) (laughs) And then also too, how you related it to like, if we don't take care of how large this balloon is getting, the popping could impact our mental health negatively. And um, I really do think it's inevitable that our emotional boundaries impact our mental health for sure. If we aren't keeping good boundaries in this way, then we're kind of losing ourselves in a sense. If we're concerned about pleasing someone else, let's say, at the expense of ourselves and our own well-being, we're not focusing on what's best for us. And then same for the other side too. If we're so concerned about what someone else did and we're blaming them or how we feel, we can't grow from our experience. I feel like this is something that isn't taught to us as children. We're almost taught the opposite. And this Mm -hmm. is a major theme I notice in my professional and personal experiences when I think about emotional boundaries. Not sure about you guys, but I feel like when you're younger, for the purpose of learning about emotions and how we impact others, we are kind of taught to focus on how what we do or say impacts other people and how that in turn makes us feel about ourselves, right? Or the I situation. totally agree. Yeah. And so then it almost feels selfish as we get older when you have someone mm-hmm. like a therapist like, oh, wait, but let's focus on what's best for you. And you're like, that's selfish. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So it's almost like you want me to go away from everything I'm taught as a child. And I don't know. Do you guys notice this? Yes, 100%. What other things do you guys notice, I guess, like in your personal or professional lives? I don't know. Taylor, I love that you said that. I think that's a huge one. And I don't know. I think that's something to even explore deeper at some point because it's so true. But another common theme, I guess, that I see is that people have a really hard time keeping the emotional boundaries that they try to set in place. I think usually people are really sometimes open to working on creating better emotional boundaries, but then they find it really hard to maintain them, whether that's just because the people around them are used to them not having a boundary or whether they themselves just aren't at a point where they feel, you know, internally strong enough to, you know, allow themselves to set these boundaries. I don't know. I just think that that's something that I find hard for clients, you know, and family and friends. And a lot of times it kind of also goes with though, like the people that are helpers or fixers of the world, you know, the people that have a lot of empathy for others. I find that those people have a really hard time with this as well. Yeah. I've definitely seen that too. And just like the feeling of guilt, I think comes up because people feel guilty mm-hmm. if they feel like they're not doing enough for someone else or taking on all of their stuff along with theirs. And it's like, you can't put all that on you. That's not healthy. And it's not prioritizing yourself, which I think is a hard thing to learn. So yeah, I feel like with helpers, especially they justify their behavior at times because they're like, oh, I'm doing it for this person or this is what they need but it's at the expense of themselves. And it's also not giving the person they're helping the space to grow and learn on their own. And unfortunately doing this can turn into an unhealthy emotional boundary. It sounds almost like codependency because you know, you're know you taking so much on for someone else that one, you're doing yourself a disservice, but you're also doing a disservice to them. Like you mentioned, Jacqueline, because they're not learning and you want other people to be able to do it for themselves. So if you're doing it for them, one, you're probably not doing it as well as they could do it for themselves because they know themselves best. But two, 
you're not truly helping them to grow as an individual. And I almost think that with unhealthy boundaries, you see that a lot. You see like codependency, that typical like being walked all over, not really having enough value of yourself. Maybe it's internally or externally depends on the situation, obviously, to put yourself first and uphold those boundaries for your own mental health and well-being. Yeah, I think that's, I like how you make that comparison because it's so true. You know, when I think about relationships, you know, and how we want to always make the other person happy or the friend, you know, make sure that our friends are okay. And it's that balance of, you know, ensuring that, you know, we can do what we can, but also putting ourselves first too. It's a super, super fine line that, I mean, so many people struggle with because like I said, you almost have that feeling of like, wait, I'm supposed to put myself first. That's selfish. And then you get that overwhelming guilt that Jacqueline mentioned. And I don't know. So finding that line, it's like a lifelong journey for a lot of us. No, for sure. And like you took the words right out of my mouth. Like I was going to say it is a fine line. I know. Great minds to <laughs> oh, be like. Wow. <laughs> and like helpers, people who want to put others first, I think it's really hard for them to rationalize that they could be hurting the person that they're trying to help because they're not giving them a chance to kind of take their own responsibility for things, which is a really good skill to have in life in general. And so I think the point here is having unhealthy emotional boundaries can be subtle at times. So we also want to acknowledge like what are healthy emotional boundaries and what do they look like? So first and foremost, having healthy emotional boundaries for yourself means that you have a good idea of who you are as a person, which includes accepting your own values and needs. Then to expand on that, I think that setting good emotional boundaries is more about work on yourself and how you handle situations and your emotions rather than it being about someone else violating a boundary, let's say. So it's your responsibility to be honest with yourself and others if a situation aligns with your needs and values. And again, if you're a helper, learning to understand that although it's your desire to help someone else, their problem is not your responsibility. And I think that having healthy emotional boundaries can be, again, a fine line between the unhealthy side of the spectrum. So it's good to regularly check in with yourself for sure. I almost feel like we could use the word serving instead of helping, right? Yeah. yeah. I almost feel like with emotional boundaries, you're truly serving their best interests, Mm -hmm. even if that means not physically doing anything for them, but sitting them with them in it, if that makes sense. And like supporting because... There are so many people that are just like empaths and they're caring and they want to help and serve those around them and give back and contribute. And it comes from like such a good place. Like the intentions are so pure, mm-hmm. but to truly do what's best for that individual, especially with emotionally ba- like emotional boundaries or do what's best for yourself, you have to think about what serves you best to truly learn and grow. I think that's a great like word shift, you know, a way to kind of shift that perspective that we think about that in our mind. I love that. Social work. Yes. Reminds (laughs) me of like grad school, like we are serving. We are serving. I love it. So another thing I think about, okay, so good boundaries, in my opinion, comes with three things, acknowledgement, practice, and commitment. So we have to be able to acknowledge when a boundary needs to be set. And we need to be able to practice keeping those boundaries that we put into place, especially, especially when it feels really hard to do. And last but not least, we have to be committed to ourselves. We have to be committed to our own well-being. 
And like we mentioned before, learning how to put yourself first and keep the well-being of you in mind is just going to make everyone healthier and happier. Imagine if everyone can learn to focus on that. The thing is with practice, they definitely can. It definitely takes practice though because it's uncomfortable. And the only way to get more comfortable doing it or to feel better about doing it is to practice and do it more often. And then also some other tips that come to mind would be like taking time to reflect then. So once you've practiced, once you've done it a few times, taken those action steps to working towards setting these emotional boundaries, take time to reflect. Like reflect on what you've done so far, how it's contributing to where you're going, what you're proud of and where you want to work on, or like what specific things maybe you still want to work on. But also self-respect, which kind of goes into what you were saying, Jacqueline, like don't second guess yourself. Even when people test your boundaries or question you, continue to put yourself first. You deserve to have boundaries. This will allow you to live a better quality of life and feel safe and secure. Finally, I think I would say follow your gut emotion. Don't bury those feelings of discomfort and instead learn skills or strategies for managing those feelings. Those are awesome. I love those. I think we could add also how like communicating, right? I think all three of us are big, you know, advocates of communicating. So if you're trying to set an emotional boundary and the person on the receiving end isn't receiving it very well, communicating with them and just being honest about why you're putting this boundary in place can be a really helpful thing for, you know, understanding and making sure that that boundary is respected better. Yeah. Transparent communication, I feel like is what you're getting at. I like that because then it helps the other person understand what your intention is and where it's coming from. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think when we understand things better, we're more willing to acknowledge them or like accept them, you know? Yeah. Easier to receive. Yeah, exactly. And then obviously I think we're all a little biased, but talking to a therapist can also be just a really helpful way to figure out how emotional boundaries play a role in your life and how maybe you're good at them or need to grow a little bit in them. So that's a great outlet to have as well to explore this a little more. I think so too. Like having that outside person to kind of bounce ideas off of and point things out to you, you may not see for yourself. You know, we talk about it all the time, but I do think it's helpful. Yes. <laughs> I just think in general, what you guys said are all really great tips. And um, with that being said, I think a lot of this comes down to honesty and self-reflection. So asking yourself questions like, how am I feeling about this? Or am I taking on this person's problem as my own? Are my needs getting lost here? Am I communicating my emotions to others? If you can reflect and honestly answer these questions, that can help point you towards keeping healthy emotional boundaries for yourself for sure. I agree. And during those times of reflection, you can feel those moments of possible guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. And that's what I feel like we've kind of touched on earlier. Don't run from those feelings, you know, find therapy, grow through yourself, communicate, pull on your support systems, that kind of stuff. Because that's a major theme I've noticed in like my professional world, but also like with my family and friends is there sometimes is that natural human nature of feeling guilt and shame with emotional boundaries. And there's a large connection to, you know, your upbringing and your perceptions from childhood with those emotions. So take time to explore that, like lean into that discomfort because we don't always know the right way or the right way to manage these feelings. And it can be hard. So lean into that discomfort and learn from it. Yeah. And that 
childhood piece. Like, I don't think people realize how deeply rooted some of these things are and how much work it takes to kind of bring that out and be more aware of it. And the point here is it's not easy to do and it is a process. Like, it's not something that we can change just at the drop of a hat. And so I don't think people always know that the role they're taking is making them feel spread too thin or exhausted or even not respected. It's happened to me before, for sure. Like initially I say, I'm okay with X or I want to help with Y, but later on circumstances change or the situation I'm helping with isn't just a one-time thing like I may have thought. And it's on me to decide what I can handle and what I'm okay with. And I need to communicate that to others involved as well. We can get stuck in our heads about it, but once we let it out, that's when we can change it. I'm really happy that a listener asked us to revisit boundaries and specifically talk about emotional boundaries, honestly. Emotional boundaries are extremely important and sometimes not many people spend time focusing nor talking about them. Same. I'm so glad we could talk more about it. And again, we can't see emotional boundaries as easily. So we're hoping this episode brought more clarity to this topic. So I kind of want to mention something really quick. If you're listening and thinking about a previous episode that you may want us to expand on, please let us know. When we put these Ask the Therapist polls up on our Instagram, please feel free to participate in any way you prefer, even if it's not necessarily a question. Definitely. We love hearing from you guys, and we really want to make sure that the topics we're exploring are ones that you find beneficial and really serving our community. So thank you guys, as always, for joining us this week. We really appreciate all of you for listening. Jacqueline, how excited are you to take your turn at being on the listening end next week? It's going to be weird, but I'm excited. I was just telling you guys earlier this week, like, oh, I want to be there. That topic is so good, (laughs) but... Of course, I'm excited for my wedding, too. So I'm totally happy with being on the listening side this time. Jacqueline's getting married. We are so, so excited for her. Oh, it's so crazy. I know. I can't believe it. We are so happy for her. So next week, Caitlin and I will be providing y'all with an episode focused on the importance of reflection. I feel like that was a huge theme in this episode. And taking time to reflect on progress while Jacqueline is out is definitely going to be fun. We hope you all enjoy this conversation and a few good takeaways from this week's episode. Thanks again for joining us. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram to get involved. Bye, everyone. (laughs) 